now to Milwaukee. The Games and Grub podcast. Thanks for supporting the Games and Grub shout out. Games and Grub radio. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. Welcome yeah. to Games and Grub. I appreciate your patience tonight. It's been a moment since I've done some public speaking. I find nowadays it's, you know, best to keep quiet. But uh, sometimes you just gotta let it out. Young angel and young lion. You know what it is. Uh, look, I'm the property of October. I ain't drive here, I got chauffeur. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for the patience. Aiden Hatton here with you at Marquette Radio. It is Games and Grub. It is 11.10 a.m. We're getting a quick power hour in this morning. It is just me riding solo with you from the Marquette Radio Studios here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is September 26th. Good morning. And we are joining you live, as I mentioned, from Johnson Hall in the beautiful Marquette Radio Studios. Feel free to join me at 414-288-7091. That's 414-288-7091 on the phone lines or on Twitter and Instagram at GrubMUR. So that's where we're at now. We are here. It's just me this morning, and we're carrying you through. It was easy to get up this morning. Why? Because my Boston Celtics put in a big effort last night against Miami. We are going to play some clips from that. But the Celtics take care of business. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together, 59 points in the win. And as a Celtics fan, you could not be more happy waking up today. So it was easy to get up and get the show done today with you all. Call in with your Celtics highlights. If you're you're a Bucks fan, I'm sorry. If you're a Tyler Hero fan, I'm sorry. If you are a Lakers fan, you're happy too. If you're a Nuggets fan, I guess you're happy too. We'll get into the NBA. We'll get into the NFL. We'll get in, into some interesting food stuff I found this week, including including a 12-foot skeleton, possibly. Yes, you heard me right. But first, let's start with my famed Boston Celtics and their big win last night. Out of Iowa, the free throws not showing any ill effects from that left arm injury that he suffered in game four. Jalen Brown, nice move, count it, and one. Jalen Brown gets a good wide open look, knocks down the three. 37-point explosion in game four. Brown gets behind the defense and throws it down. And you know Eric Spolster right now is beside himself. A couple of poor instances of transition defense. As players, you've got to give up yourself. Bad pass from Hero, stolen by Tatum. Tatum down the lane, goes up. Lays it up and in. Eight points for Crowder. He's 0 for 4 from 3. But has been able to get to the basket a few times. Tatum steps back. That's a 3. Tatum's first 3-pointer. There's Walker pushing it up the other way for Boston. Whips a pass. Tatum lines up a 3. Puts it in. Jason Tatum from downtown. And Boston leads by 8. Timeout Miami. That is Mike Breen, ESPN. Jason Tatum led the way last night with 31 points and 10 rebounds, a huge comeback game after being exploited by the media these first three games, excuse me, four games. He comes back in game five with a vengeance, 31 points and 10 rebounds. Jalen Brown gets another 28. Here are my thoughts on the game. Last night, as I mentioned, Jason Tatum led the way with 31, and then Jalen Brown poured in another 28. But a guy you didn't hear me say in that sentence, Kemba Walker. He was the X Factor last night, poured in a few big threes in the third quarter, and that third quarter was the difference for Boston. They took a 41-25 to in the third quarter. 41 points, their most ever in this playoffs, and... Jimmy Butler came out from Miami with 17 points. Tyler Hero played a nice 29 minutes, but was not nearly as effective as he was in Game 4. Only 14 points, 2 for 5 from the field, 6 for 12 from 3, a decent outing. But 
as as many minutes as Tyler Hero, the Milwaukee native, got. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were able to stave him off. And again, my X factor from this win, Kemba Walker. He plays 28 minutes in the starting lineup. He only had 15 points, and he was 4 from 11 from 3. But his third quarter antics were enough to get Boston going. And even though the Celtics played only nine people in this, they were effective. Tatum and Brown together had 59, and that was the difference. Now, going forward, will they stick this to a Game 7? I don't know, but I said... I wish you could all hear me on Thursday night when they did, excuse me, Wednesday night, when the Heat came out with game four. I said this is not over, and last night I looked and I said this is not over again. So Boston fans, this is a sign. It is not over. We got Gordon Hayward back. Ennis Cantor played big minutes last night. Marcus Smart played a full 40 minutes. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, obviously 43 and 39 minutes respectively, they're getting their they're getting their licks in on this Miami team. On the boards, to Miami, Bam Adebayo finished with just 13. Jimmy Butler 17, as I mentioned. The high score for Miami was who I believe to be their X factor, Goran Dragic. He finished with 23 points. This is a team that. Everyone has mentioned does not have the star power that the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks do. But Miami is a sneaky team. They finished 44 and 29 this year, but they are playing like a 50 or 60 win team. So even though I said keep the faith, Celtics fans, the series is not over. Game six will be this Sunday, tomorrow. So feel free to tune in on that. And next week we will give you that intro into hopefully what is a game seven for Celtics fans. All right, call us up on that, 414-288-7091. Again, that's 414-288-7091 on Twitter at GrubMUR. And feel free to get with us on Instagram as well. I mentioned that's a new account this year at GrubMUR on Instagram. All right. You heard my Celtics take. You will hear my NBA thoughts, my continuing NBA thoughts, as well as my NFL thoughts coming up, and then a few more food things in this power hour coming up. But first, here's this best of moment from Games and Grub featuring my interview with Father Zagone. We will be right back. He'd be about that 42 right. years now, uh, 42 years old now. He uh, was in uh, like AmeriCorps, one of the teaching corps out in Arizona. He did some work in the Pilsen neighborhood in Chicago. Then he went to Northwestern and got his master's in communications and became a, a journalist and was struck by what he saw happening in, in the world. And whether, whether I would have had the nerve to, to go to the places that he went and after he was captive the first time to go back again, um, I only met him once when he came to speak on campus. Uh, fortunately, I've gotten to know his uh, parents, uh, John and Diane. Uh, and Diane and I will text back and forth. In fact, I got an email from her. Uh, I think Wednesday was actually the anniversary of his death. Yeah. I remember I was on the Stairmaster in the uh, Recplex when I saw that come on to CNN. And I just, I mean, it just, I, even now, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking right, about right. what a chilling experience that was. And I remember I, j I jumped off and immediately called the uh, Office of uh, Marketing and Communications to say, hey, we've got, th we've got something going on. He's just got such an incredible family and the, the commitment that his mother has made, especially his mother, to uh, supporting journalists in their work around the world and the work that the, the Foley Foundation has done even supporting Marquette University and future journalists is really incredible. Uh, Jake Zielinski I knew very well. And I don't know if you had the opportunity uh, a year ago when he gave the graduation, the student graduation speech at I have watched Pfizer it. Forum and it was just incredible. What, what a talented, incredible young man. 
And again, he was the first Foley fellow here in the College of Communication. Uh, but the, the Foley family is just terrific. I'm trying, uh, we're supposed to have the, the Foley Awards. And Terry Wren, who works and teaches in our, and also, also a big supporter of our Center for Peacemaking, yes. he was awarded last year the, the James, one of the James Foley Awards. Uh, we were supposed to have the award ceremony in April, and that was postponed till September. I'm th it looks like th the information that I got just a couple days ago looks like it's going to be a, a virtual. That we won't be going to Washington D.C. for the event. But I've just I've been honored to be a participant in that every year. Diane usually asks me to give the invocation before the meal, and it's just it's really moving to be there and listen to the stories of of what the family and what the foundation has done. Welcome back to Games and Grub. It is September 26. We are here, Aiden Hatton, with you for this power hour here on, this morning on Marquette Radio. Coming in with my man Lecrae, YK Osiris, right there with the instrumental. But we are here. Call us up on anything, 414-288-7091. And on Twitter at GrubMUR and on Instagram as well at GrubMUR. So feel free to reach out with us there. You just heard my NBA thoughts the last segment on the Celtics' big win last night. And now we got to transfer to the NFL because this is a big week. We're in week three. We had another game last night on Thursday to kick off week three. The Dolphins took down the Jaguars 31-13. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a power three TDs for the beard. Again, unbelievable, this guy. We've talked about him so many times in the years of games and grub. The guy is unbelievable. But games to watch this week. Going down the list, Bears and Falcons. The Bears are 2-0 for the first time in years in the history of their franchise. Here in Milwaukee, the Chicago Bears fans are coming out in droves. So look for the Bears to take down the Falcons again. To take it to go 3-0 down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium playing the Falcons. I like the Bears in that one. Let's keep going. We got the Rams and the Bills at 12. We got, and these times are all central, by the way. I'm throwing you off, my Eastern time people. Rams and Bills. We got Washington going down against the Browns. Titans and the Vikings. Can Kirk Cousins rebound after a tough first two weeks? He's getting pummeled by the Minneapolis media. The Raiders go down to Gillette Stadium to play my Patriots. John Gruden got a high level of praise from Bill Belichick this week. In the, in the introductory press conferences, John Gruden, just in retrospect, think about what John Gruden has done for this Oakland team. This was not his retirement plan. He was signed to a 10-year contract. Only, you may have thought it may be only six on the field and then maybe another three in the front office, but this guy has come to play and has turned the Raiders into, into a contender. So I'm excited to watch that game this week on CBS. Again, down at Foxborough, Cam Newton has shown improvements within his first two weeks in a Patriot uniform. So look for that one to be a sneaky game of the week. Another game I'm looking forward to, Texans and Steelers. The Texans are 0-2, surprisingly, but they still have Deshaun Watson behind the under center, excuse me, and they go up against a 2-0 Steelers team, some team that people may not have realized to be this effective. Ben Roethlisberger, already five touchdowns to start the season. He is on fire these first few weeks. Can he keep it going against that Texan defense? That is a game to watch in the early window. As we transfer to the afternoon games, another one I'm interested in is the Buccaneers and the Broncos. Don't call me a Tom Brady homer. But this is an interesting matchup to see number 12 up at mile high. If you're a Patriot fan, if you're an NFL fan, 
you know that Tom Brady struggles in Denver. The Patriots lost two AFC Championship games to Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos back up at Mile High Stadium. So this won't be an interesting one. In the first time in red and gray, can Tom Brady get it done against Denver? We will see another interesting game in that window. Cowboys and Seahawks. The Cowboys were the darlings of week two coming off that big comeback against the Falcons. Jerry Jones had that famous quote that said, 80% of analytics doesn't matter. He he defied analytics with his own analytic. So that's where we're at with, with my man, JJ. But they're going up against a Seahawks team that just took down the Patriots last week, 35-30. They're still in Seattle, Washington. They got another home game. I think the Cowboys come back to earth a little bit. The Seahawks take care of business. Russell Wilson is already in the MVP conversation. He is firing on all cylinders. Thanks to my man Trevor Moad at Limitless Minds and what they're doing with his mental game. But the Seahawks take care of business up there in Seattle against them Cowboys. The nightcap, we got Packers and Saints. This one hits home for the Milwaukee crew. Obviously with Green Bay going down to New Orleans. How will this work? I think the Packers have been on fire, especially Aaron Rodgers. Already six touchdowns in the first two games. And he has been himself. And they go down against a New Orleans team with Drew Brees that is honestly struggling. And he's answering questions to the media already about yards per attempt. Why is it low? Why are these statistics low? I think he struggles in this game against the Green Bay defense that is new and improved ever since Matt LaFleur took the helm. I like Green Bay there. Monday night, you got the Chiefs and you've got the Ravens. This would be the highlight game to end week three and this is the nightcap on monday night but it is really in essence the game of the week patrick mahomes versus lamar jackson the playoff game that everybody wanted that did but they didn't get because the ravens choked in the playoffs last year no big deal and patrick mahomes he's already been himself to start the season lamar jackson still in mvp form so this one i got no prediction just watch this one this would be at M&T Bank Stadium, down in Baltimore, Maryland. It is going to be a nice day. You're not going to have to deal with any precipitation. So you're going to watch these two guys, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, sling it all across the field, and it is going to be a fun one. All right, those are my NFL thoughts. Going over week three, call me up at 414-288-7091 and on Twitter, at Grub M-U-R. We will be right back. Here is another Games and Grub best moment. You can find all of these at our Twitter page at Grub M-U-R. This one comes from our episode over quarantine with our man John Fanta. This had over 2,000 views on Twitter, folks. This was how UConn joined the Big East. Their coach adds a personality to a conference filled with coaches that have big-time, colorful personalities. You know, big brand names, Jay Wright, Ed Cooley, uh, what we've seen Greg McDermott be able to do at Creighton, Patrick Ewing. You know, Steve Wojciechowski's identified with the game of college basketball, having played at Duke. Danny Hurley adds a personality. He adds a wrinkle. And you've got a UConn program that is still only six years removed, guys, from winning the national championship. And I, I think that that's got to be brought here because it wasn't that long ago that they ended up winning it. Things fell. They fell rather quickly. But that's why UConn back to the Big East made sense because you know they have the resources. You know they have the tradition. You know they have the fan base. You know they have the revenue to win on the biggest of stages if they've got the right coach in place and the right leadership in, in place.
Welcome back to Games and Grub. It is September 26th. Aiden Hatton with you here live from the Marquette Radio Studios here at Johnston Hall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on a beautiful Saturday morning. We're coming up on 11.30 Central Time, 12.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central, 9.30 Pacific Time. I think that's right. We're going to keep going. We're here with you. Call us up at 414-288-7091. And we got some special surprises. We got some special callers hopefully calling in. We have a NARP of the Week submission from our girl Kendall Frimmer. NARP of the Week is back. After a hiatus last week, we were not on when duty calls at the Marquette Tour Guide office. I have to answer the call. But we are here now. You're here with me. 414 288 7091. I mentioned some fun stories that I want to get into. This is one that really caught my eye. Thanks to the great folks at delish.com. They dropped this bomb on me. The headline Son of a Nutcracker, General Mills is releasing elf cereal for the holidays. That's one we're going to put Tyler Hero's age in perspective and talk about. All the things that were done before Tyler Hero was born on January 20th, 2000. That's right, folks. I am technically... Nope, he's older than me by six months. Michael Jordan is coming to NASCAR. Steve Smith said Taco Bell changed his life. What? We're going to get into all of that. But first, a word from our sponsors. Oh, wait. We actually don't have any sponsors. So let's keep going. Let's get into our first story. We got, did Michael Jordan start a NASCAR team to get back at Brad Doherty? Let's start. All right. So Michael Jordan is in a partnership with a new NASCAR team with our boy Denny Hamlin Huge stoolie. Tonight, he tweets, at Denny Hamlin, I'm excited to announce MJ and I are starting a new single-car NASCAR Cup Series team for 2021. Deciding on a driver was easy. It had to be Bubba Wallace. So Michael Jordan apparently met Denny Hamlin 11 years ago at a then-Charlotte Bobcats game, and they became fast friends. Not long after, Denny Hamlin joined Jordan Brand as their first NASCAR athlete. That's right. You wouldn't think they'd be a NASCAR. There wouldn't be a Michael Jordan NASCAR team. But there is. And you know what the theory is here, folks? The motivation behind Jordan joining NASCAR. The big lead writes, probably, this is by Stephen Douglas, probably to resume destroying Brad Doherty's life. This will get, this will get all the 80s basketball fans riled up all my dad's crew that is playing golf this morning for a 50, 50th birthday celebration. Brad Doherty, in the heyday, played eight seasons with the Cavaliers. He made four all-star teams. He wore number 43 with Cleveland because of Richard Petty. So the Cavs made the playoffs five times during the Doherty's career. But in four of those seasons, the Cavs were eliminated by Jordan and the Bulls. So Doherty retired. In 1994, he became a business owner. He's worked in basketball. He's worked in NASCAR. He is co-owner of his own Cup Series team. But why is he coming after? Why is Michael Jordan coming after him, allegedly? Quote, I haven't watched one peep of The Last Dance, Tordy told the undefeated. I hear about it all the time. I get calls from people. I appreciate Michael Jordan for what he is, and I've known him forever. Great basketball player, but I don't get caught up. Brad Doherty, you may be making a mistake, my friend, because you know Michael Jordan. You know the memes. I took that personal. Yeah, I took that very personal. Michael Jordan will take the smallest slights against you, even make them up sometimes against you, and take them on. So Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are partnering to take down Brad Doherty. That is... Your number one story this morning. Let's get to number two. Sticking with basketball, Tyler Hero. He's from Whitnall High School. He's from Milwaukee County, folks. He is the hometown boy. 
He is the breakout star of the 2020 playoffs. But he's also very young, which every broadcaster has told us since he entered the playoffs. But his birthday is January 20th, 2000. He is so young that his pregnant mother would have heard the song, heard the Prince song 1999 at a New Year's Eve party. People really cared about who wanted to be a millionaire. Ty had already stopped making Beanie Babies. Thanks to Stephen Douglas for all of these, by the way. The night before Hero was born, January 19th, Vince Carter was in his second year in the league. To put it in perspective, Vince Carter just retired this year. He scored 20 points in a Raptors loss to the Celtics. Again, that night on January 19th, 1999. Tracy McGrady added 14 off the bench. Charles Oakley, he had 10 points for the Raptors. Last night, again, put it in perspective. Last night, excuse me, this is in game four. When Hero lit up the Celtics for 37 points, Charles Oakley was just recently this week voted off Dancing with the Stars. Paul Pierce was also involved in that January 19th, 2000 game. He scored 30 points that night. He is on an ESPN studio show. So that is where Tyler Hero comes in. And we're going to get our first caller right now with our girl, Kendall Frimmer. Miss Frimmer. Hi. What's going on? Not much. Um, we finished up our little VO2 test and then... We got Froyo and ate in the, like, past McCormick Field, and now I'm just walking back home. So how was the VO2 test? Can we? Can you explain to the audience what, what you went through this morning? Sure. So um, we had to do, like, 12 minutes. Uh, my coach kind of told me what I needed to run. And we're hopefully going to do it again soon. And theoretically, you should be getting, like, faster and farther than you did the last time we did it. Now, usually you would, this is what people envision wearing the mask on the treadmill. This is what they usually test you with, right? But you can't do that during COVID. No. So this is the next best thing. Interesting. So how did it go for the team today? Um, a lot of people did really well. Game today, but that's okay. Hey, you live and you learn, and now you're here with us, right? Yeah, can't be, can't be, can't have a good day every day. Exactly, ain't that the truth? All right, let's get into what everyone's been waiting for. NARP of the week. What is your thought process this week? Well, it was close. It's always close. (laughs) Is it? The thing is, we don't really have set criteria. It just it changes. It's like who do we feel was the narpiest, whatever that. Fair, fair. But um, this week it kills me a little bit. But we're gonna give narp of the week to Zach. All right, congratulations to Zach. Why, even though he's not here, why did he get narp of the week? Zach got narp of the week because he ran with me twice. And then he ran with Matt once and then ran by himself once. So I've been very impressed. He's picking up his weekly mileage and hopefully this continues and I get a running buddy. I think this is I think the key word there is he ran by himself once because if he he, did. he would do it, like you mentioned, you may have a running buddy because he wouldn't do it on his own if he didn't really care. If he was, Agreed. if he had a buddy, that incentivizes him more to do it. But the fact that he went on his own, he's making strides. Pun intended, or no pun intended. Yeah. Wow. Agreed. Will he get to the? What do you think? How do you think he would fare in your VO two max this morning? You know, we got. He ran with me yesterday, and Bridget and I were just kind of like talking along, hanging out. And every time we hit a red light, Zach would be kind of, like, think upset. But he was really happy that we got to stop. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm not dying. I'm doing great. We were all just kind of like, okay, Zach. <laughs> all right, we're going to get some more updates on Zach's running as the semester goes on. Hopefully it yeah. sticks up. I will keep you guys updated. 
All right. Thanks, Kendall. I'm sorry we had to give it to Zach this week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry, too. I'm sorry, too. And we're, we will see you again next week. Yep. All right. Talk I to am. you later. All right. There she goes. Kendall Frimmer giving us the NARP of the Week update. And that was it. So Zach gets NARP of the Week this week. And a, <laughs> beyond me. But anyway, we will come back. We're going to come right back with a few more stories. We're going to get into the Elf serial. We're going to get get into this crazy story, how Steve Smith Sr. potentially credited a shift at Taco Bell for saving his life. That's right. We'll be right back on Games and Grub. First, our friends from Duran Jones and the Indications. We're going to break from our music because we got our next caller. Hello, who is this? Aiden, it's Uncle Chris. Uncle Chris, it has been a while. <laughs> it has been way too long. I'm so glad to hear you back on the air. It's been a while. We're This is, what, week three or four now back in the studio. Yep, I've been, uh, unfor- I've been unfortunately doing other things, but I'm glad I'm back on. Unfortunately, uh... I hear you're solo today for reasons that will remain un, uh, undisclosed, right? I guess we will. Uh, we will ride solo for the next for the next twenty, and then we'll be out for the next crew. Okay, so I know you were talking about football before, but I have a I have a take on something that might sound a little controversial, and I want your opinion since you probably watch more basketball than I do these days. But oh, go um, ahead. So. I know last night Tatum scored 17 in the third quarter, right? And he ended up with I don't know how many points and stuff, but um, he's really frustrating me to watch during these playoffs because I think he tries to, to take things over at certain times, I think. And maybe it's just because he's young, but he, he takes some of the worst shots on the team. I mean, I would, I would, also, I would almost say that Marcus Smart takes better shots and Marcus Smart is not – I mean, he's a great player, but he takes some ridiculous shots. Yep. But Tatum, Tatum is is I think he's like I don't know what's going on, but he, I don't have I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I don't have that much confidence in him in tight games. I mean, if you look at the end of I can't remember which game it was, maybe it was one of the overtime games. I mean, he ended, they give him the ball, he ends up pulling up from thirty feet for like a game winning shot. Like it was the overtime. Why would he game? do that? You're right. Yeah, like 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 go to the like go to the hoop, you know? Is aren't you? Isn't the whole idea to maybe get fouled or something? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did go to the hoop obviously and got rejected by Bam, which is one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen in my life. Oh, but um, yeah, but I just I don't have confidence in the guy down the stretch. I really don't. I think, and I know he's young, and maybe it's going to change. But I think his shot selection is just abysmal. So think, what do you think? I think you wouldn't be on an island with this. I think there's a lot of people. I think there'd be a lot of Celtic fans out there that would be concerned with how Tatum is shooting the ball. And you mentioned Marcus Smart. He has been the poster child for poor shot, poor shot selection in the last you know five or six years with the Celtics. And he's the ESPN and the bubble crew is starting to see him now as a better shooter. But but back to Tatum, he has struggled in the key moment and it. And it's almost it's it sounds like a little deja vu with how we talk about Marcus Howard, how he can't make a clutch shot over here in Marquette. <laughs> and it's right. interesting because Tatum has struggled in the deep moments in fourth quarter and and even in overtime in games. But I think he's the one that they have to lean on overall, uh, for better or for worse. I think he's the guy that takes a shot at the end of the game because he is he is the poster child for the team and he is he does decide to have that sort of Kobe mentality. I think that's he learned so much from Kobe again, RIP, that he, that he knows when to take the shots and he's sort of being the alpha dog for the team. And right now, it just isn't working. Yeah, I, I, I mean, right now, I, I'd be more confident in Kemba taking that shot because Kemba's done it. Right. Kemba took a team on his back to the NCAA. I mean, that run he went in the NCAAs, he hit. I can't tell you how many shots during the during the Big East tournament and during the NCAA tournament. 
you know, big shot after big shot. And I know he's a point guard, but he's a scoring guard more than he's a point guard. And I would rather see him – I'd rather see him, A, a little better rested because he plays so many minutes. Um, and that way, you know, if, if they can have him just a little fresher down the stretch, and I'd rather see him have take the shot or create you know, and, and, and get somebody open and leave, you know, leave somebody open. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm frustrated because they just simply should not be down 3-2. I mean, Heroes 37 aside, which was amazing to watch, and it was so cool knowing that how young that kid is. You were just running through it before. Right. Um, but they should not be down. They just shouldn't be down 3-2 uh, at all. I, so I'm I'm a little frustrated. I'm completely with you, especially the first two games. It could have been the complete yeah. opposite. It was yeah, it was. It absolute. should have been the complete opposite. Those two uh, well, game one game one was double overtime, correct? So that was yeah. It was two shots that again, circling back to Tatum that he could have made, and they were, they dug themselves a hole, and then there was that alleged locker room fight, and that's why I was really excited to have him come back and win game three so decisively. But game four, they lost their way again, and it just seems inconsistent. Not as inconsistent, yeah. thankfully, as last year's Kyrie Irving-led Celtics, and I know you called in <laughs> last year and had thoughts on that. Oh, God. But hopefully uh, this has been a little better. Yeah, it is. And, it's and look, they're young, and they're uh, if they stay together and find – you know, when they're – when they're moving the ball and, and they have chemistry, they look amazing. Right. But, um, I don't know. It, there seems to be, yeah, with that fight, there seems to be just like, I don't know. There's maybe there's too many alphas on that team and not enough role players. You know, maybe we right. don't have a, a bam, you know, bam on that, on the heat is like the perfect role player, right? The perfect role player. And we don't have a guy like that. Right. So we, maybe we need, I uh, maybe Tice is, but you know, I think outside of him, but I hope things are good with you guys. I hope uh, – how is school going with COVID? Everything okay? It's a great question. I think Marquette is doing the best they could in, in the sense that everyone – especially the you know Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, there's there's all the distancing put in and there's everyone's wearing – the, the mask turnout here is unbelievable. So that and that's just and that's not the tour guide speaking out of me. <laughs> that's, that's the student. <laughs> so I'm going to say that – it's it's been a pleasant surprise how much you know people are wearing masks. Good. Well, I know that Providence had a little bit of an up uptick. Ryan had to come home, but he's hopefully going to go back next weekend. And and Tufts, where Meg is, is is being very very strict, but their their cases are way down. I hope I hope come after Christmas, you guys are all back to some sense of normalcy. You know, exactly. because and we're supposed to have a. I don't know if you, you probably know, but we're supposed to have an uncle's weekend up in Providence for Kevin. So, right. you know, yeah. So I think we've, let's talk, hope we can get I think on we've that. talked about uncle's weekend before on the show. I think so. <laughs> it's, you know, you guys, I think you guys, you should start getting ready for yours next year because <laughs> it will be epic. It's preparation. I, come, I think all four, I think you're going to have all four uncles on Gabe's and Grub as special guests. That's how I see it. <laughs> that might be the greatest show of all time. <laughs> It might be. All right, you take care, all right? Good all right. to talk to you, buddy. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, take care. All, all right, bye. have a good one. <laughs> all right, there's our biggest fan, Uncle Chris, checking back in with his own Celtics take. And I didn't ask him I didn't ask him about it, but there was a lot of criticism on Tatum and Brown and Walker, but mostly Tatum. And he, he brought it up, and it reminded me of the take that has been dominating the sports media newspapers and tabloids. And it actually is so funny because it came from my favorite show. So the DA show on CBS Sports Radio made headline news this week because there was a host by the name of Sean Marash who's been on this show before. We had Sean as a guest, and he went viral this week how the infamous Celtics-Nets trade seven years later maybe flipped in the other direction? 
They're right now in the Eastern Conference. So final. that's what also... we play for. The great Boston Celtics play for only the playoffs. You're talking about two, three years down the road. If they go a decade after that trade and have no hardware to show for it, it's an unmitigated disaster if the Nets Sean. are having freaking parades down Flatbush Avenue after they made that trade. It's a it's an unmitigated disaster. That's what Mraz says about the trade between the Heat, uh, excuse me, the Nets and the Celtics, the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett for all those draft picks, and the Celtics ended up getting Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kyrie Irving. Let's keep listening. It's a disaster. It's an undefendable disaster, and Brad Stevens is the way. damn face of it. That's it. It's end of it. Period. End of story. End of discussion. You're wrong. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> that was the headline. You lose. Good day, sir. Shout out to Willy Wonka. It's a disaster no matter what happens to the Nets. That's my point. It doesn't make it, to me, it doesn't make it worse. Now, the one thing... It doesn't have to make it worse. It's bad. They did nothing. They have done nothing but come up short in Eastern Conference Finals since that trade. And the team that was left with nothing attracted two free agents and are about to be the favorite to go to an NBA Finals. If, like I said at the beginning, it is on the table that the Nets win a championship before the Celtics did after that trade, that makes it more of a disaster. I don't know how that's arguable. All right, this, this goes on way too long. But Mraz made major headlines this week, and his New York Long Island accent just make just makes it that much better. It's an unmitigated. I can't even do it. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try. But he mentions how, and he corrected this later on Twitter at Mraz CBS. He retweets a bunch of games and grub stuff. He's a huge fan of our show. But he mentions that the Nets trade. Yes, the Celtics won the trade. He clarifies. But the essence of the Nets making an NBA Finals, potentially before the Celtics, because they got Kevin Durant coming back next year and Kyrie Irving, if they make an NBA Finals before the Celtics team, the trade is a disaster. And I don't under... It seems like in whole, in, in whole, this story is making... His take is making headlines for things that he doesn't want to make headlines about. Yes, the Celtics won the trade. He said it. But the way he said it, is just unbelievable. And he talks about Brad Stevens being the essential scapegoat of this. It's because the Celtics are underachieving. And that's what he's arguing. So it's been a tough, it's been a tough road for the Celtics. And I want to play the continuing clip because our host Damon Amendolara gives the update as poses the question: Is the Celtics the most are the Celtics the most talented team in the East right now? Also, I, I would argue this that the Brooklyn Nets, since that trade, have developed lesser talent better than the Celtics have developed top talent. I mean, what How they've done... How can you say that? What they've done with Spencer... The Celtics are, the, the are in the Eastern Conference Final. Well, Bogues, See, here's my... Here's... Bogues, 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 Bogues. As I mentioned before, the Celtics have five top ten picks. This, the, the Nets had none of those. And they, they brought D'Angelo Russell back from the dead, who his career was over... They found Spencer Dinwiddie, and they made him into a legitimate player. They t found Karis LeVert, that nobody had any idea could be anything, and he's an all-star. They found Jared Allen late in the first round. They've done more with less than the Celtics have, even though they haven't gotten as far in the playoffs. I, the I, Nets have had nothing I, I, close. I think that's a preposterous sentence. The they, Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Final again. I don't know how you can say this – this is my problem with the entire – the whole thing. They've got more Fun talent than anybody else in the East. Do they? Yes. Yes. Top. Nobody else has five top ten. Nobody else has five top ten picks. Find okay, me another I mean, roster. The, the Bucks are trying to make Chris Middleton a superstar, Bogues. Nobody in the East has five top ten picks. Five? Five top ten picks. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward. Oh, no. I'm missing the other one. Oh, somebody call in and give me a... Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. This is a brain fart on air. Jason Tatum, J Marcus Smart. Sorry. All right, here we go. 414 288 7091. If you want to get in a quick call, again, if you're just joining us, Zach won NARP of the week and Uncle Chris returns. That's where we're at this morning. So, Duran Jones and the indication will take us out, but let's go back to the Steve Smith story because. This is something that, even with five minutes left, I want to get in. 
Steve Smith Sr., he got in a fight with a junior college teammate. He was on Kyle Brandt's podcast, 10 Questions to Kyle Brandt, on The Ringer this week. And he tells the story, and I want to end with this because this just gives a crazy perspective going into your weekend, how God works in mysterious ways sometimes. The, the sports world, how superstars come about, crazy. Because Taco Bell, working a shift in downtown L.A., Steve Smith, when he was 20 years old, somehow basically saved him from getting killed. It is a chilling story. Listen to this podcast with Kyle Brandt. When you were in Los Angeles growing up, you were a young man, you were a teenager, you worked at Taco Bell, right there, yes. downtown LA, I think on Pico, right? You worked Pico at Taco Bell? Pico and Bundy, yeah. Right Pico off, and right Bundy. Off the, uh, right off the 10 freeway. It's where you don't have to ask your mom or dad every week for that happen, you know? And so getting that job for me was really like a lifeline. Um, and then eventually led up to me having it two years of community college and, um, What's crazy is you, this is probably on this podcast ever. Um, that job later, later in life ended up uh, pretty much saving my life, to be honest. Um, and what do I mean by that is I, uh, I know this is a shocker, but I got in a fight um, in practice with a teammate <laughs> in junior college. Uh, we, we squared up, and he took that L. Um, and as, <laughs> as, as the folks say today, no cap. Right, he, he got mollywop, <laughs> and on Saturdays, on Sat Fridays, I would work because I didn't have class, so I would work at Taco Bell. And then on Saturday mornings, I'll catch the bus about four o'clock in the morning from uh, from the inner city, go up there, work from six o'clock till about two thirty, and then go to school. We play night games, and I would go to my boy's house and take a nap. And then we would play that game at night. So I would literally be working all day. But what happened was Friday, I didn't make walkthrough because I was working as usual. But old boy that I got in a fight with, he was waiting in my locker area with a pistol. And he was he he was at he was in the locker room waiting, um, basically to shoot me. And if I would have came in, he would have shot me. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't show up that day. Because on Fridays, I didn't have to do the walkthrough because I was working. Um, and so, like, so it's, it's kind of crazy how all of that intertwined where some people look at it as a, as a, as a curse. You know, you got to work fast food. But for me, when I really look back at it, it was a gift. You think that it, had you gone to that walkthrough, do you think you would have Oh, definitely. I'd have got shot. Yeah, I'd have got shot. Or, yeah, i just put it like that way. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting. How about that? That's from the Ringer 10 Questions podcast. Steve Smith almost died if he would have went to that walkthrough. Crazy story to end the day. Again, Games and Grub, we're here with you on Marquette Radio. 414-288-7091. 414-288-7091. On Twitter, GrubMUR. So to finish up, I want to finish with the story that we did not get to until now the elf cereal son of a nutcracker so again delish.com thanks to caitlin fitzpatrick for writing this beautiful piece of writing general meals is releasing elf cereal for the holidays so it's only september 26 folks but the moment thanksgiving it's over elf will be in your head or if you're some other type of person you'll have christmas movies before thanksgiving hey can't be me maybe this year but the beloved movie is now a serial, thanks to General Mills. According according to Buddy the Elf, and actually, matter of fact, I was Buddy the Elf for Halloween. So this past year, just around this time last year, I walked around a college campus in an elf costume. That's what you get for me doing an alone radio show. That's the type of stories I'll tell you this morning. So Buddy the Elf, he says there are four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. So the last one actually inspired the new cereal because Buddy does love maple syrup, especially on that spaghetti. So the festive cereal is made of maple-flavored corn, corn puffs and green and red holiday tree marshmallows. 
So there's not an exact date, but this is something you can look forward to going into your weekend. We know that the limited edition Elf cereal will be on shelves in time for the holidays. Coronavirus will not stop this. It will be available at grocery retailers nationwide in mid-size and family-size boxes. Mid-size for $2.50, family-size $3.99. Crazy. I mentioned the 12-foot skeleton at the beginning of the show. It's going crazy on TikTok. Some people, and I don't have TikTok. Again, stuff you learn about me when I'm doing an alone radio show. Can't do TikTok. Can't do it. But people that do, there's viral videos going all over the place. 26 million views and counting of people having giant 12-foot skeletons on their porch, on their yard, and just scaring people. The skeleton, I looked it up It act, in, in preparation for this story today. And we didn't get to it, but I'm going to get to it now. $299 for this 12-foot skeleton. Oh, it's got great Amazon reviews. 300 bucks? I'll pass. I'll stick with the family size cereal, $399, and get through it all by myself. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, syrup. And thanks for listening. That's how we're going to end it. Aiden Hatton doing the Power Hour with you this morning. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Kendall Frimmer and Uncle Chris. Thanks to Big Sean for playing the music while I'm here doing my COVID regulations before the show starts. Thanks to General Mills for getting me ready for Christmas with that elf cereal. Thanks to the Celtics for getting me through with a win last night. If they lost last night, it'd be tough to get up this morning. But I told you, as I told you to start the day, as Drake said, I appreciate your patience. We were doing a quick power hour, but as I told you, it was easy to get up this morning. And it'll be easy next week to talk to you all again. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take the pieces of the puzzle away.